We are rocking here at Real Tales from the Bar Side. This is the podcast where we talk about the shit that goes on in the bar, in the restaurant, with people who own the bar, own the restaurant, run the bar, run the food, do everything and see everything. Don't ever do something or say something that you don't want seen, especially in New York at the bar, because we're watching and talking about it here on Real Tales from the Bar Side. In the same vein as the Meet Joe Black episode, um, Adam Velez found a way, I think, to maybe even take it further. So this is your official warning. Shit's about to get real. Real gross, real disgusting, real vulgar, and real fun. So enjoy the shit out of it, but no, it's not for the squeamish. Be good and enjoy Real Tales from the Bar Side with Adam Velez. All right, we are here. Real Tales from the Bar Side. Very exciting week for us. This is our first ever episode out of our corporate Wall Street offices and into our new artistic, creative, fucking freedom-based digs at the comic strip live. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld's first First ever, first ever on stage ever. appearance, yeah. First ever show ever, yeah. First ever show ever, and where they shot his most recent Netflix revival special. So big fucking things. Fifteen sixty eight Second Avenue, the comic strip, home to now real tales from the bar side. Very cool shit. And exciting. today, even more exciting, I have with me Adam Velez. Adam Velez. Adam Velez. My New dad York, calls me. Yeah. New York native. Native New Yorker. Wild man. Is this your army pope? Bar owner manager. Yes, 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 yes. And, and amongst other things, like the only drunkard. guest. A drunkard. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Uh, the only guest we've had so far that I can actually stand up and have an eye-to-eye conversation with. Yeah, we're, so, both, we're both gigantic. We're, we're massive, massive men on the hype I, front. I might have some Irish in me. I, uh, I don't want to know where. Uh, maybe... I care or something. Oh, you, oh, you don't know. I'm not loyal. I can't. I can't do a terrible Irish accent. Like a I liked it. <laughs> Jump in, man. Last night, what the fuck? Give me a story. Right out of the gate. Uh, I have, it's better if you just smell my finger. No, um, it was last night. Was insane. It was a fun night. Uh, any any night in this city, you know. I was when we first started chatting. You said I said you had an early night. You was like, yeah, I got around four thirty-five. Like that's an early night for us. Completely. So if you see children on your way home from work and it's like you know morning time, it's not. A, it's it's terrible. You feel like shit. But it was a fun night. Definitely a fun night. A lot of lot of uh, dames and a lot of guys. So okay. dancing, you know, disco, funk, and soul. Ethel's alcohol and food, sixteen twenty nine, Second Avenue. Cool. It's Tell us place. about Ethel's. Tell us. Ethel's is a jam. Ethel's is an old broad smoking a cigarette in the bathroom, screaming at you to close the fucking door as she flicks the ashes between her legs into the toilet. Uh, Ethel's is short for ethanol, alcohol, um, and alcohol and food. Obviously, if you're drinking, you want to have some food, right? You want to have some grub with your grog. So yeah, it's a, basically it's a seventies theme bar. Uh, that uh, uh, my, my my partners and I created, uh, kind of trying to reboot the old um, aesthetics of New York, you know, uh, Pam uh, Pam Jones and and seventies icons and Star Wars, kung fu movies, you know, vinyl, vintage, red lights, disco, Forty Second Street. Pretty much, if you watch the show The Deuce, this the, the Deuce is is based off of Ethel's. Basically, it's gotcha. It's, it's the last place of sin and degradation. Uh, and I think that you could actually have a good time there, and it's fun. The food is great. Uh, the girls are great, you know, and it's it's a, it's, a, it's a hoot. It's a fun time. I remember walking by it for the first time. I was on 2nd Avenue, and I don't spend a ton of time up here. It's on the Upper East Side. Go-Go, yeah, it's a go-go. It's another fucking wild part of this bar is that it's 
stands out like a sore thumb. It does. It's just wild. You're walking down Second Avenue, you got a fucking 16 handles. Yeah. Some goofy ass kind of attempt at a beer flight kind of hipster bar. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you come across this wild black and red vinyl upholstered scary place that yeah. looks like it could be a goth haven from the 90s. <laughs> and I was like immediately drawn to it. I want to go in here. What the fuck is Ethel's? It's, and this was before we knew each other. So knowing that we didn't know each other and this whole business, I don't know, just your, what your vision kind of drew, drew someone like me who doesn't even drink in. That's cool. That's got to be kind of cool. It's, 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 I think it's universally uh, appealing. You know, you get a lot of my, my the, the clientele we get, you get old salt and pepper couples, we get young kids, we get hipsters, we get young professionals, we get the guy who's a hedge fund manager and wants to loosen his tie and have a few drinks. It's the 70s is universally appealing to anybody. You know, the young kids think it's cool, hip and, and vintage and retro, and the older cats are like, holy shit, I went to the prom when this song was came out, and it's like James Brown or the Ohio Street Players or whatever it may be. The whole go-go aspect is also kind of sh shocking. You know, people walk by, they look through the windows, and you see scantily clad girls dancing on the bar, you know, and like chewing gum and blowing bubbles. Yeah. You know? And it's just it's like, holy shit, what is this? It's a time machine, it's a capsule. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's, it's again, it's, it's universally appealing to everybody, and I'm happy that you enjoyed it when you came by. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And then when we met, I was kind of like, this all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you seem like exactly the person who has created and now promoting this It's bar. funny. It's, yeah, it's like uh, I wear the uniform. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I wear the uniform. Totally. But you created the bar based on your uniform. I love the fact that you're kind of authentic to what I would expect somebody in your demographic that grew up in New York. Yeah is how they would dress how they would feel the yeah. music they were drawn to the culture and you've created a spot on that i love how you didn't create a spot and then go all right now i'm going to put on this fucking monkey suit yeah. that promotes this spot. that's the i think that's exactly what happens throughout the city especially in this area in the, in the upper east side but if you go throughout like you know one thing that really stuck in our minds is that I, I remember the New York I grew up in in the 80s you know the late 80s the early 90s when it was just like you know it was gnarly as fuck it was scary it was exciting that New York doesn't exist anymore the new New York, if you go to 42nd Street, it used to be all peep shows and XXX. Now it's fucking Nokia and, you know, the Japanese pretty much owns half the, half the city blocks, you know, there. It's all advertisements, all yeah. cleaned up. You know, Giuliani did a lot of that. The, but Ethel's kind of embodies that old gritty, you know, kind of like, you know, the energy is there. It's, it's a fun, sexy place. And it's, it's something that we definitely paid attention to. A lot of places, you know, they're, they're like... They're a New York bar, but they have wagon wheels and, and and it's bespoke and they have, you know, like type, not type bars, not, no, not to mention any other places that are <laughs> right. nearby, yeah. but they'll have like a book, you know, they'll put, give you a check and a book and it's like, dude, I want to move to New York and I want to, I want to put my elbows in the bar and pull them off and have that sticky tearing paper sound. You Hell know? yeah, dude, it's not Portland. Yeah, exactly. Right. Everything a, is very, you know. check with a book in Portland. We have, we have our own pickling uh, program. Like, what do you mean you have your own pickle program? I just want to fucking drink and I, you know, I want to see a Kung Fu movie. I want to have a good time. So when creating the place and, and my partners and I were creating the space, we wanted to maintain that old school New York aesthetic. And that's that's every and every aspect from the food to the music to the movies you play. It's always 70s. It's always fun. And it always has that energy. That's awesome, man. And I think that's kind of a national, if not global thing where the culture in major cities is changing. There was a Simpsons episode I saw from like last season, I think, where they go to Boston and Bart's trying to get in trouble. And he's going to Southie and he's trying to like find these guys that are uh, 
looks like they're hijacking a truck and they got the dick Boston accents and Sully, we got to get these fucking things in in time. Come on, the boss is going to be pissed. Pot. But then they, upon further review, you go a little deeper, they're just unloading a truck as volunteers for blind <laughs> children or something. Like the grit of all of these cities is totally just going away. That's and hysterical. I miss it too, man. I miss it too. I, I grew up watching a certain kind of New York. and I love and appreciate places that have that feel still. That was your lure. That's why people came to the city. Exactly. They thought they're like, I can't wait to see a hobo warming his hands over a barrel fire. I can't wait to my first mugging. You know, it was it was a thing that the 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 danger of it made it exciting. There's and now there's, there's it's still being sold as this. It is exciting. New York is my home. It's my you know my uh, the place I love. It's the place I grew up at. But that it's it's washed. It's almost like a Universal. It's like I'd rather go see a shark than than go to Universal Studios and be on the Jaws ride or whatever it may be. And you know, yeah, like I'd rather see a real fucking shark. New York used to have real sharks. Now they're all animatronics. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's 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 tough. In the ten years I've been here, I've seen it soften a lot too. Yeah, it's tough. Where'd you grow up? What neighborhood? Lower East Side, Alphabet okay. City, Tenth oh, and wow. Yeah, so I I seen some shit. Guardian, remember the Guardian, the Guardian Angels. You know, it was like funny. Everybody thinks people were snapping like jets and sharks around the neighborhood. You hopscotched over syringes. It was a gnarly time. It was a gnarly place. But again, it was exciting. You know, it was so a the, fun time. So the Guardian Angels, for people who don't know, because I didn't when I came here, yeah. it was basically a group of vigilantes, vigilantes that yeah. went out to do good yeah. and kind of protect people. I would call them blue-collar bloods because as their color was red. So they would all walk around in red berets. Yep. Not raspberry berets, because no. <laughs> that'd be that was a totally different type totally of angel. I'll tell you that. But uh, they had they had red berets and, and like these nylon jackets, and they had the patch on the back, the insignia of the guardian angels, and, and you would see them on corners of the Lower East Side, you know, uh, 14th Street. You see them all around there. Um, and yeah, they were basically that. It, it was so bad at one point that vigilantes people got. It was almost like the neighborhood watch. But when your neighborhood is like 20 city blocks and thousands and thousands of people. You know, the neighborhood watch becomes a neighborhood gang, so to speak. So that's what yeah. they, were, they were cool. They were they were nice guys. Yeah, it, it looked like something out of the Warriors. Mm -hmm. The few times I've seen people together, absolutely in those jackets and hats. It was, Holy yeah. shit! This yeah. is real shit. Yeah. So they were out there, kind of enforcing when you're growing up. I mean, what happened to you on the Lower East? Anything while you robbed? Oh yeah, of like, course, yeah. man. That's dude. It's like it's right of passage. If you if you grew up downtown, you didn't get robbed, and you didn't grow up downtown. Yeah. I've been robbed at Razor Blade Point, all types of shit. I got robbed by a 65 year old man. I could have outran him, but I was like, fuck it. You know, he's trying. Let me help him out. You know, oh, shit. I stood still. I was like, you could take it, man. You probably need to hit a life alert and everything. It was fucked up. Um, but <laughs> should have hit the button. Should have hit man. the button for we'll him. Wait. Yeah, yeah. We'll sit here and wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, there was some some gnarly things, you know. Um, you know, but at the same time, it was it was fun, you know. Like I, and it's just not just about. And I I feel like an old man when I have these rants, but it's not just about Lower East Side and not about just about New York City. It's just about you know growing up at a certain time in general. You know, do you remember scraped knees and scraped palms, yeah, grass stains? Gra yeah, grass stains. Yeah, you you go to a it. playground, it's covered in foam and 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 like I don't think I I seen a ch any kids with scraped knees or scraped palms. And I don't know if they'd know how to react if they wouldn't. It happened. Yeah. I think Sebastian it would Carpenter, are you okay, Carpenter? <laughs> Mason. Are you okay, Mason? <laughs> this is a fall-free school zone. Fall-free. Blood! Uh, blood! Yeah. Blood! Brooklyn, come here, Brooklyn. Where are you from? Kansas. Brooklyn, come here. Was he tested? Does he have any diseases? <laughs> My child was th 13 feet away. We need to make sure everyone's safe. <laughs> that's, you know, it's, it's, that's the whole thing, man. It's not just about the grittiness of the city. It's just the times. You know, we grew up, you know, just growing up in that time where, you know, you, you were allowed to fall and... It's not about how you felt, it's about how you get back up and you get you got back to it. So I think that really embodies the New York uh, sensibility, and me, at least, in my childhood. Now, when you were uh, 
coming up before you hit where you're at now with Ethel's, what were you doing? Were you bartending? Yeah, were man, you... always. I think I think everybody in this industry, regardless of what position you are, you know, you always you start in it. When my first gig, I was a fucking dishwasher in the back of Pizza Hut. Yeah, I called well, it Pizza Butt. So, we had uh, the, so, you know, Candace I, the Canadian was a Pizza Hut worker, who was it? man. We had one of uh, an actress, great actress who we had in here pizza as a butt guest. Worker? She was Pizza Hut was her first first gig, man. I was like 15 scrubbing dishes, and it was funny. I'd work like you know like four days, five days a week and take home a $70 paycheck. My dad used to make fun of me. He used to take me to the cash, the, uh, check cashing place to cash it. And the whole time this morning, what the fuck? Dude, what do you do there? <laughs> 70 bucks. Uh, but yeah, man, I bartended. I worked at, I was at Soho Grand Hotel. I was at uh, um, Bubby's in downtown in Tribeca. Pretty much I, all my stuff was down downtown. Okay. So when coming, when, you know, my partners came to me with the concept of Ethel's and, and the location, like, hey, it's in the Upper East Side on 2nd Avenue. I was like, "This, what's up there? Like, I don't even, I don't even go past 14th Street." Yeah. So, ple- you know, to my pleasantly surprised, to my surprise, um, you know, we we've, we've got a great um, reception here in the neighborhood, and uh, but yeah, you know, I've always been bartending, and I've always been in, in the service industry, or the hospitality industry, in some sense of the word, which I think is one of the hardest industries. You know, it's it's the one industry where it doesn't matter what the fuck happens to you the night before. Your girlfriend broke up with you. You stub your toe. You're getting fired. You get you have your rent due. You still have to go to work, and you still have to smile, and you have to make people feel better leaving than when they walked in. And I think that's that's the hardest gig, really. You know, as yeah. next to being a trauma, sur- you know, surgeon in an ER or something like that. But yeah, you know, I think that uh, it's it's a fun it's a fun industry to be in, and especially if you're a lush or you like debauchery, it can't hurt, you know. Yeah. As I, yeah, sip so it. I slurp from my my V8 splash V8 and vodka. I don't know what this is. But Campbell's Campbell's soup, vodka man, yeah. and Gordon's oh. vodka. Here at the Only comic the strip, the best Bloody Marys. <laughs> All right, so you're downtown. You're at some some posh kind of spots. Yeah. What's some crazy shit you'd see down there? Oh, you got give me like I can a tell specific you stories, story. I don't want to fucking. Oh, All right. fuck it. I don't want to drop names. Woody so House. change him. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is a guy named Woody. I know uh, you might have known him for your your favorite um, uh, bar show called Beers um, with a guy named Corm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, just a few times. I mean, a lot of celebrity encounters, a lot of wild nights, a lot of nights I don't remember. I'll tell you. All right, so there was a. I, told, I did take a guy named Buddy, Buddy Charlson, uh, bar hopping once at like three o'clock in the morning, and I will never forget the the sentence that he said to me at five o'clock in the morning. As he goes, Adam, block the wind while I roast this bone, and pulls a blunt out of his skull cap, <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my giant. Go, you know, body because we are we're both nobody could tell by our voices, but we're very large men. Uh, <laughs> but I remember blocking the wind for this guy as he smoked, as he roasted a blunt, and I was like, This is the coolest fucking thing ever. Um, I did parties for Bob Dylan for his fucking dog. I, I literally did a birthday party for Bob Dylan for his dog. For his wow. dog, it was weird. Um, what kind I of dog? Uh, I don't know, some tiny little fucking thing. It was a know, little like, toy dog, like a little toy, like you know, he's like, Me, him, 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 you know. Dylan's uh, got a toy yeah, dog that he sings to. I think okay. it, that was a dog's name. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I've woken up at hotels next to strangers. Here's a good one. I woke up in a hotel next to a stranger after a long night. She, I think she was a patron at my bar, whatever place I was working at downtown. And I wake up next to this girl, and I peer over. I'm like, holy shit, who the fuck is this? I look at my surroundings. I'm in a hotel room. I look at the floor. There's uneaten pancakes, unopened bottles of champagne, strawberries, like room service. I look around the hotel room. It's not a hotel room. It's like a suite. It's like some high-end suite. I'm like, fuck, did I pay for this fucking thing? And I look at the girl, and I feel so bad, and I look all under the sheets, and obviously we're both wearing little to nothing. And I just tap her ever so gently on her cheek as she's sleeping, and I go, I'm so sorry, darling. Apparently last night was fun. I have no memory. I blacked out. 
I'm sorry, what the fuck happened? Did, did, I, did I pay for this? And she turns over to me and she goes, what happened to your accent? <laughs> Apparently the night before I was Australian. So, the whole, so I had to pretend to talk like this the whole way out to fucking check out. You want a burger, darling? You want a cheddar burger? The whole way out, I had to pretend to f- continue. I was like, oh, no, it comes and goes. I had to fake this fucking accent the oh, whole way out. man. Unreal. And Is that a go-to for you? Is that a move? No, I don't know. Again, I blacked out. Holy that's shit. That's what they call the, the walkabout. It's a blacking out. You know, I fucking <laughs> blacked out. And I was like, I was, that's not a knife. This is a knife. The whole night, I just kept <sighs> doing shit like that. And she thought I was Australian. Because you could do a good Russell Brand if you went Brit. If I went Brit, yeah. yeah. He's, he's taught, he has a lot of big syllables, though. He's like, you know, the hypothetical mathematical structure of all society. He's, well, he's He's all about, you know, he's, he's very articulate. Direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, sometimes you're like, wait, hold on. You, you got to write shit down when he talks. But yeah, man, it, sometimes the accent comes on. You meet a lot of people in this industry and you get to pick up certain accents and certain. Definitely. You know, things it's, it's it's really interesting it is it's fascinating and it's wild to hear this shit i hear it from and i see it it still happens currently with a lot of the people i know and that i work with patrons and bartenders alike that have these blackout stories that they're just like woke up to people and i don't know who the fuck they know at all and yeah. it's i i never had that experience because i got sober so young i was fucked but i wasn't fully blacking out Never, and I was getting alcohol poisoning, and I had recall of just about everything. And I was also a teenager, so I wasn't necessarily going home with a ton of people at the time. Yeah, living with my fucking parents. It's better than waking up covered in blood or waking up in a bath full of ice with the scar on your kidney. Yeah, you, know, like yeah. you, you need know. them both. I don't waking up next to a broad sense. ain't that bad. Sometimes. It's not that bad. It could be worse. But it's one of the reasons why I won't sleep with anybody for the first time if they're drunk. Oh no! Because I don't want to wake up and have them look at me the way you looked around that room. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm no. good. And then and then you tell them what happened to your accent. Yeah. And then the, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to force somebody to, to have a fake accent all the way through checkout, man. It's Come like, on. Yes. This is exactly why I got sober to dupe young girls who are inebriated <laughs> into sleeping with me. That's, That's it. Not at all what I'm about. I like your strategic. But if you're both fucked up, yeah. That's kind of why a lot of people go out. Yeah. I had a girl in last night. Sweetheart, love her to death. She fucked up. She's just like, Matt, I need you. I have a problem. Like, okay, I what's tell. the problem? <laughs> so apparently a threesome has just been proposed to me. Now it's 3 a.m. And I'm like, okay, you've piqued my interest. I don't know if you have enough in you to get home, let alone participate in a but threesome. But she wanted to get some more in But here. let's have this conversation. What's going on? Uh, so these two guys, all right, so now it's a two-guy threesome. That oh, paints a yeah, whole new yeah, picture. Yeah. They just asked me if I wanted to have a threesome with them. And I'm like, okay, you do understand you can say no, right? First of all. two of them, so. Two guys. Now, in my head, I'm thinking, like, douchey, big, frat guy-ish sort of lugs. Bros. Total bros. That are, <laughs> like, knowing this girl's shit-faced at 3 a.m., like, oh, yeah, we're going to come over and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is probably not good. How do you look? I wouldn't go, well, they're coming here. I'm like, fucking A. All right, well, don't be surprised if I start calling shit out to them. You've told me too much already. <laughs> I've slept with one of them already. He's terrible in bed. Like, so maybe the other <laughs> one will is, help. It's getting better. Dude, they walk in. It is the most charming 85-pound, 5'3 Scottish man I've ever seen. He had a monocle. He was like, hello, hello, but our age, sir. right? Hello, He's, you know, lead him at 30s. And his pal, who was this wide-eyed Brit with just a permanent smile, again, probably 110 pounds, blasted on his face. The the Scott was so charming. I'm like, Jesus, if she doesn't I'm go home with I will. <laughs> I, this guy is just like, my, my panties yeah. are coming off. Shit. And I'm like, this is a total, you know what? Go for it. 
That's have fun. Yeah, Gave her my it. blessing. Watched them all cross the street together, and it's like off you go. Light a candle for me. Put it in the window. Off Tell the world go. my story. <laughs> But this is bar life. Once you hit a certain time of night. Oh, that's the thing, man. Uh, you know, it's so funny. Nothing good happens at 3 a.m. And it, and I, I, I never knew that to the to the fullest extent of that meaning until you start working in bars. Totally. The shit you see after like 1, 12, 12 a.m., people are still they're hanging in there. 1, 2 a.m., they're like, oh, maybe one, one last drink. After 3 a.m., that's when shit gets dark. That's when people come in with rocking jaws and the sniffles and they're all fucking gnarly. You guys still open? You guys open? You? Like, Fuck no. no. no you Keep walking, yeah, You feel like fucking Quato from yeah. Total Recall. No, we're not. It's like, <laughs> wait, open the door. Um, but good it's reference. the same thing. You ever see a guy at ATM at 3 a.m.? You know he ain't doing nothing good at ATM. No, not it's a damn thing. thing. At a bar. He's, you know? he's staying warm because yeah. there's nowhere else to go. Exactly. He's pulling money out for something special. Either you're trying to get laid or you haven't paid. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And the Upper East is wild. I feel like if your spot had opened maybe 15 years earlier up here, it just would have scared people. It definitely would. I think that, it, and I, hopefully, I think we're kind of a catalyst, and, and the neighborhood is changing. The, the Second Avenue subway line is open. There's a lot of different things happening, you know, but hopefully just uh, the, the fact that we're open and we're doing what we're doing in this neighborhood at this time, hopefully it will encourage other fun, you know, kind of rock and rolly type places to pop up and and give people that exciting. But this neighborhood is really strange. Really, really strange. It's very odd. And it's it's grown in strange ways. I, this was the first place I lived ten over 10 years ago. I was up here for a month. Oh, wow. A buddy of mine, when I moved to New York, just FedExed me his keys to his apartment. I'd never been here before. I had to map quest the fucking directions. Wow. And print You're like, keys, what are these? I leave my door open at night. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and, <laughs> I come uh, from a su- small Suburban town. Massachusetts. <laughs> we don't lock our doors. We don't lock our doors. So I had a buddy drop me off. And I'm just hanging out, and this is where I lived. And Rathbones was here. Mm. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Every single other place up here is now gone. That was here then. And yeah. it, it's really bizarre just how much the neighborhood's changed. A lot of Irish pubs, a lot of... Totally. Uh, and then and the demographic, like you have you know young people, but then you have a lot of older p- folks who live in this neighborhood who've been here their whole lives. And like, you know, like here's the thing about this neighborhood too. Like, again, I'm from downtown, from Lower East Side. You can see crazy a mile away. Like, I can see a crazy dude walking to my bar in downtown. Like, you know, like, yeah, the guy's crazy. He has headphones, and they're attached to nothing. You know? Mm, <laughs> the cord is this dangling, and he had, you know, <laughs> he has one roller skate on, and he's holding the other one. Like, you know, it's just fucking you. This guy's crazy. But up here, you don't know they're crazy until they're right in front of you shaking your hand. They wear ties. You know, they're, 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 there's a lot of crazy old, you know, folks who've been in this neighborhood for a long time who just pat, just could pass by as a normal, functioning member of society. Yeah. But yeah, but there's a lot of you know young kids, who, young professionals, a lot of students who come up here, uh, probably go to Columbia, you know, cross over the park, whatever. But yeah, it's it's a really strange neighborhood with a very very eclectic demographic. There's, it is walking down the street, you'll see a ton, loads of different people. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's fascinating too, just how you said Giuliani cleaned up the city. I think Giuliani, well, he cleaned it up, but. Bloomberg kind of extended it, where yeah. now it's Disneyland. Absolutely. Right? Bloomberg extended it. He made it kind of a playground for the rich, but Giuliani cleaned it up where, you know, when I was a kid, my mother used to have to, like, hold my hold her hand over my eyes to block my, my the view of prostitutes or, you know, this gnarly shit. Um, but, yeah, Giuliani definitely did. I remember, you know, like, again, we were talking about playgrounds. My all the sli- I couldn't, I never, I never slid down a slide on my playground because they were all soaked in fucking urine. <laughs> and, you Damn. know, there were syringes in the, in the jungle gym and shit, but that got cleaned up, thank God. But, you know, how clean is clean? You know, like, how, yeah. how much can you scrub until it loses its allure? It loses that je ne sais quoi. 
Yeah. Know, some things you like. You like sometimes you like things askew. A little dirty. A, a little, little out dirty, of place. A little, a little schmutz. I don't want to be infected. Yeah, you don't. Want, yeah. <laughs> but I want to have oh, some yeah. grime on. Me. Exactly. I'm gonna shower later. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna get through this. You yeah. have a shower. You're you're fine. The blue the Bloomberg era just seemed to really wash away what was left of the grime and that's what sucks because up here everybody thinks they're in disneyland yeah when i see people walking down the street of new york i don't care if you're on the upper east side the lower east i don't give a shit where you are if you're in manhattan in flip-flops yeah i am rooting for you to get robbed i'm rooting for you to just step in a puddle of urine all of the above <laughs> all of it it's like Indeed. step in urine have a guy who realizes you're in flip-flops step and can't in the urine anything. of the gentleman who's in a rob rob you he was taking a piss and you stepped you stepped in my fucking urine bro give me your wallet you yeah, know? exactly steps in my urine but what what the fuck yeah it's where insane. are you you gotta respect new york yeah respect boat shoes pink polo shirts yeah. you can it's still bizarre. run in boat shoes it's the flip-flops that kill me yeah the you can hear them you can hear them they're like oh my god the flip-flops they call they're called that because they make that sound the flip-flop that's exactly the sound they make when you wear them when you're trying to run away <laughs> unsuccessfully, you're I getting caught. I stubbed my toe. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's bad. Brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Fashion senses up here, though, are really funny because I see a lot of plaid in this neighborhood. Mm. I feel like everybody's on their way to a picnic or going from a baby shower or something like that. No, I rock plaid, too. I'm a fan of plaid. I like to smell like Team Spirit once in a while, too. But it's just rampant up here. Like, there was one, one night I was just panning the bar. And it was just, it would look, you remember Alec Baldwin and Beetlejuice? That, oh, that yeah. white and black plaid. Yep. It was like nine dudes, like all, all on their phones, all in plaid shirts. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, it was just bizarre to me. I, I actually call those the Beetlejuice shirts. The Beetlejuice When, when <laughs> girls come in wearing them, I'm like, hey, Beetlejuice. And you they say have three no times. They have no idea what I'm disappear. talking about. No oh, idea. That's another thing, too. Nobody knows that. I, I always quote movies from, like, the 80s, and no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm no. like, you're so smart. What do you what do you come <laughs> up with this? I'm like, nothing, baby. I'm like, sexual chocolate. You know, like, <laughs> quoting coming to America. And they're like, what do you come up with this stuff? It's the lost art of pop culture references. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's where, where Vic and I, Vic Henley, shout out for uh, for being the bridge to this connection for our, our oh, whole yeah, man. comic strip. Uh, he and I... Uh, so much of our relationships predicated on pop culture references. It's hysterical. And you yeah. and I, you, Justin, everybody that we know. Justin in general. is is one of our uh, good friends, one of my 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 coworkers, and my roommate. This fantastic gentleman, Justin Lee. I'm gonna give a shout out to him. He is probably one of the best. He could, I could say something, he'll he'll just nail it. Like Paramount Pictures, 1994. Like he'll tell me the fucking <laughs> production. Exactly. Color. He'll tell you everything about it. Uh, he's fantastic at that. And and shout out to Vic uh, again because he's he already made, made a reference for my Sonic Youth patch and my jacket. Yeah, which is he's a fan. Awesome. That's rock and roll, man. He's so. a fan. No, this and is... he gave us these delicious um, V8 Splash uh, Poland Spring uh, vodka jams that we'll be drinking over here. Everybody wins today. It, it, I, and I had to throw up just to make room for this because uh, again, last night was fun. Jalapenos and condoms in the urinal. Yeah, that's. Can that. we make, can we make mention of that because <laughs> we have to get that on wax. <laughs> I, I I got here and we were chit chatting when I first arrived and I was like, dude, I'm fucking still drunk from last night. I got home at like six in the morning seven in the morning went to bed like at nine and then the time i get here like 2 30 i guess yeah. so that's still i should be sleeping right now any any you know god-fearing man would be sleeping right now and i was like i think i gotta I'm, i was like where's the bathroom i went to the bathroom here at the comic strip and i was like i should should i throw up no i'm good adam you got this adam you're not gonna throw up i take a leak I'm walking out the bathroom. I turn to my left. I look in the urinal. There's a fucking rubber glove and like three jalapenos floating <laughs> in a puddle of urine. And I was like, yeah, you got to throw up. And it just fucking puked my brains out. But I feel great. So this is, it made room for my V8 splash. Shout out to Vic and the V8 splash. I'll tell you right now, V man. is for Vic. 
V is Vic for Vic. Splash. Eight is for the eight cylinders that Vic runs on. <laughs> and we're going to take a break with that, man. We'll be back with more with Adam Velez. We have to show some love, even though we have already more and more for the Comic Strip Live, 1568 Second Avenue. This place is historic, no joke. It's one of New York's gems. I don't know why the hell you're going to see comedy in Midtown and Times Square. Run for your lives and get to a place with even more history and a lot less traffic. Come to the Upper East Side. It might not be too busy up here, but the comic strip always sells out, so call in advance. Jerry Seinfeld started here, guys. Do I need to say anything else? Probably not, but I will. He also finished here. He's not done, but recently he did his Netflix special right behind where I'm sitting. Come laugh, come cry, come enjoy the comic strip live. All right, man, tell me about the dream you had. Shit was too funny. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just reminded me about it. And that's the thing about dreams. You don't remember them until somebody reminds you that you told them about it. I had a dream we just fucking did this. I had a dream we literally just did this. And I woke up going, that was fun. And then I was like, holy shit, I got to fucking go there. <laughs> and we just did this. The dream, of course, was bizarre. I'm pretty sure there was like a giraffe in the room as we did it. There's some weird shit. But you walked in, you're like, fucking, what's up, man? How you doing? This is great. I'm still fucked up. I'll tell you something, man. I just had a dream that we did this shit already. And I was like, <laughs> wow. That was a lot of, oh, shit, no, I got to go. Yeah. I'm late. Frantically putting on my pants yeah. and like running out, you know, and, and uh, Martin and McFly again, moment. Did you come over on a fucking yeah. skateboard holding the back yeah. of the Jeep? It's the power of love <laughs> was playing in the background as I skateboarded here. Um, but it was bizarre. Yeah, it was so fucking bizarre. It's, again, very deja vu. And, I, and again, I had my, my stomach was full of my last night's debauchery. So I was like, I should throw up. Madness. Totally madness. Jalapenos and a rubber glove. I need top three. Top three. And start at the top, dude. Don't hurt yourself. What's the craziest shit so far you've seen at Ethel's? I can't tell you that. Come without, on. Without, oh. Come on. How about this? Games. I'm not going to tell you the top thing, the, the thing I've seen at Ethel's. Ethel's is a nice family-run establishment. Uh, brought to you by this. <laughs> the letter A. Um, no, I've seen some gnarly shit. Uh, I've seen, you know, my, my, I've seen a lot of just drunk. My, my biggest fear is drunk girls. And by the way, if no one knows this, from a bar as a bartender a bar a patron as as everything bar-esque girls drunk girls are t worse they're always worse than a drunk guy a drunk guy i could punch in the fucking mouth and throw out a yeah. drunk girl i could throw out and say where's my phone sarah this is oh, a yeah. fucking mess the women's bathroom at any bar at 3 or 4 a.m it will be no matter how many misses a guy has at the urinal a woman's bathroom will always be worse it's insane. The shit I find, I find br panties, wet panties drying underneath the sink on the pipes. I find all type fucking, you know, not to mention paraphernalia of all, of all sorts. But like girls, who, like I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you where this was. But there was one time I went to the bathroom. There was a woman took a shit on the floor. Well, we had that bathroom. a couple weeks ago. We but had that during a fucking Christmas party that's at our place, and man. On Christmas? At like 9.30 at night. The day of our Lord? A, a company Christmas party, a corporate Christmas party. Damn. Somebody just decided to shit in the floor. She fucking, she corporate floored it. You know, it was a floor score, Serious. if you ask me. I came into a story the next yeah. night. Like, the worst part about that as a bartender, because, you know, the, everybody always sees the guy in front of the house. You're a handsome, charming, tall Irish gentleman who runs a bar, who has a bar, and, you're, and you're, you're, you have a good uh, facade. But there's always the guy, facade. the guys who are in the back. And shout out to everybody who works at a bar, 
who fucking nobody says thank you to and nobody sees the cooks, the dishwashers, the bus Hell boys, yeah. the runners, the guys who you can hand a rubber glove to and go, hey, check out the ladies' room. Somebody took a shit in the floor. There's somebody who has to pick that up, all right? True. Have you ever, have any, has anybody ever taken a shit in, your, in a urinal? There's actually a website dedicated to it called shitintheurinal.com. Shout out to shitintheurinal.com. There are people shit in urinals at bars and take photos of it. And, but nobody realizes somebody has to pick that pick up. That and there's up. no sh- there's no pooper scooper for human beings. Right. There's a fucking, you know, God's pooper scooper. The old five the midget, the hand, the, the mitt. The, you know, hermanos, if you will. Uh, yeah, it's fucked up, man. But, yeah, shout out to all those guys. But people, women shit in the bathroom floor. I've seen condoms full of cocaine in a puddle of vomit. I've seen... Wow, that's I've, fucking I, crazy. I've seen... I have... Gone, not, I'm not saying at my 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 establishment, but uh, <laughs> at, at other places that I've worked at, I've seen people hiding in dumpsters and basements, um, like hobos trying to get out of the winter cold. No shit. Um, people fucking, you know, like literally people f- like fucking. If you go into a men's room and you see two feet in the stall, you know someone's getting the dick sucked. Yeah. Basically, completely. Uh, everybody's you know, so trying to find a place. Everybody's to fuck. trying to find everybody's a find place to, to fuck. To and bars are sexy. They're fun. It's almost like the Mile High Club. Everybody wants to. If you you haven't lived until you fucked over a urinal, a urinal, you know, like you haven't <laughs> lived until you fucked in a bathroom stall at a bar. Um, it's one of those things, man. But you see, I see all types of gnarly shit, all types of things, things I can't unsee. Yeah, I, I'm still stuck on the condom full of coke. Condom. I'll, and, well, listen, and, I don't know if it was cocaine. It could have been baby powder. But who would stuff a condom full stuff, of baby powder? But you know, you <laughs> swallowed a condom full of cocaine, yeah. and if you puke and you see it's that in a puddle of puke, you grab it. No, but here's here's my here's the whole. Here, but here's the thing: it's not about the, it's not about the condom full of cocaine in a puddle of puke. Okay, it's about the who, the when, the why. Like I, I, I my mind goes loco, and I'm like, well, who is this person? A, where were they coming from? B, and C, I think they think they were being followed. <laughs> like, like, okay, who else would well, throw up a flushed. condom full of cocaine? They would have flushed other if they thought they were being followed. Was, That's the yeah. thing; it's still there. You saw it. I saw it. I had to pick. I swept it up. I swept it up, I and I took photos of it. I'll show you photos after. Only if this was this podcast was filmed, I could show. I could put put a photo to the camera. But it's it's a real thing. No, we have webs. We Drug have, mules. We have an Instagram account at Tails Barside. I'm happy. I'll I'll send post you some your pictures. pictures I'll, I'll show you me some, some shit. shit, man. It's gonna be. It's gonna have a graphic uh, disclaimer, guys. Before you, uh, beware. Click. Before you, you look, beware. <laughs> Stuff's happening. I don't like seeing coke. It's a big thing for me. That's I like the one doing thing. it. I hate seeing it. I Actually, get... that's why I do it. I'm tired of seeing it. I want to put it somewhere <laughs> so it disappears from my fucking view. That's why. They call me the Orson, the, the Orson of <laughs> the Hoover. The Hoover of cocaine. I just, I liked doing it too much yeah. that I can't that's see the thing. it. I get anxious. I get oh, jittery. Of course. I'm that's just what like, cocaine does. I don't wanna, you, there could be fucking weed plants between you and I so that I couldn't even see you right now doing this podcast. It wouldn't affect me in the least. Clearly yeah. being around liquor doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. <laughs> you drop a big pile of coke you get and I just tense up. You turn into one of those goats who faint when you scare them. I do! You just oh, get t- man! You get tense and just collapse. Oh, if you haven't seen those YouTube videos, <laughs> goats search fainting. that shit now while you're listening. Goats <laughs> fainting. It's the most sadistic fun you can have. <laughs> I it's, I don't mind seeing coke. I hate smelling crack. Have you ever smelled crack? Have, yeah, it does. It smell smells like awful. it smells like burnt plastic. It's disgusting. It's like I, I am grateful I've never smelled crack in the bar. No, I haven't smelled it at a bar, but I've smelled it outside of a bar yeah, a few totally. times. Totally. And if you see somebody scratching their neck profusely, they probably were the people smoking the rock outside the yeah. bar. I'm gonna open a bar called the Rock. The Rock. <laughs> 
and just crack have dance in the back. Oh, cracked! I was hoping there'd be Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, Gator The Rock everywhere. by Sean. Yeah, The Rock. <laughs> How do you like your crack rock? My mom just went to San Fran. And I was like, Oh, did you go to Alcatraz? And she's like, No, we saw it. You can see yeah. it and everything, but we didn't go in. I was like, I just want to go on one of those tours and make corny dad jokes. About oh, the I'll, I'll just make Al Capone syphilis jokes the whole time. time I'm there. You know, I think he died of syphilis in Alcatraz, right? Al Capone? Did he go to Alcatraz? I have no idea. I think Al Capone went to Alcatraz. He Couldn't died care less. Yeah. <laughs> if you went to Alcatraz, no, you were you were not that cared for. I promise you. Al Capone, man, he just he gets too much love. He does. Honestly, I'm a Luciano guy. You're a lucky Luciano yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm more of I'm he more of a got syphilis. Guy. I think he died from syphilis. Lucky Luciano. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, you did. You apparently you watched Boric Empire. Oh yeah. Oh, was that lucky but I Luciano? knew that before. I remember he had a problem with his dick in that during that show. He did. He had yeah. a tough. And time. that sucks. That's that guy hasn't gotten work since. Once you get a in more ways than show. one, you know, it's <laughs> tough. But he dedicated himself to it. I give him credit. Man. So, all right, you can't really go, and I get that. You're a, an entrepreneur. You don't want to taint the good name of your I like establishment. I, I figured you might. <laughs> but you're a lifelong New Yorker, man. Give me a good one. A good For, story. Give me a bar. good story. Yeah. Oh, my God. I should have came prepared. There's so many. And honestly, some, there's so many of them that they're probably jumbling to one long, terrible story. That it has no beginning nor end. Give me a famous person story. A famous person. Oh, okay. Um, there was one night um, I was hanging out with this gentleman who was in those popular X-Men movies. I'm not going to name him, but uh, he was named after a Greek mythological character called Cyclops. <laughs> um, and the funny part about this story is the entire night we hung out for like, it was during Hurricane Irene. Uh, and we were, you, the, the New York City was in a state of emergency. There was no flights. Nobody could leave. Nobody could enter. It was like one of those fucking things, you know, like no one in, no one out, you know. Um, and we were stuck at a hotel together for like 15 hours. And we just kicked it. I was bartending and he came to the bar and I literally took, it was like, we were at the hotel, usually 100% capacity means that you're fucking full. We had 128, 130% capacity, meaning nobody could leave. So people were sleeping in, the, in bathrooms. Like we became wow. a place of refuge for people who couldn't leave the city who were at the hotel. So we, the place was packed. No one was going nowhere. And guess what? He was here promoting a movie. I think he was promoting Amityville or some fucking, some, he was in some horror movie and he was promoting it in New York. And we hung out the entire night. And, and I remember smoking some hash. Uh, I had a hash pipe on me. The, the hotel was nice enough to give me a room for the night because I couldn't go. I couldn't leave. And we were sitting there smoking hash. But the, I recall, I never called him by his name. I just kept calling him Cyclops the whole night, mm -hmm. which I found hysterical. And the, he, he never stopped me nor corrected me. He was just like, cool, man. Like, I'm Cyclops. That's me. That's me yeah. now. And I remember we were playing, what's that game? Slaps. Oh, yeah. You put your hands back. Hand, yeah, you, you know, slash, put hand your hands back. Yeah. And that motherfucker, man. That's the re there's a reason they gave him that role, dude. He's a fucking mutant. He's quick. He was quick as he was quick as hell, dude. Like you know, we were smoking hash, taking shots of Patron, playing slaps, and I didn't win a single fucking round, a single one. And he he found it funny, yeah. And actually, another funny bit about that: his first movie was um, a movie called Disturbing Behavior. Mm -hmm. Shout out to James Martin. Uh, his movie was called uh, Disturbing Behavior, and I it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I was in the, probably in high school when it came out, or junior high school, and I had a song by The Flies, this band called The Flies, alternative, early, mid-90s, called Got You Where I Want You by The Flies. Check oh, yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you song. where yeah. I want you. And I remember we got so fucking wasted after the after I lost numer numerous battles of slaps. Um, we were stoned on hash and, and drunk on Patron. I put that song on, on, he didn't even know I put it on. He went, holy shit, this is my friend. And he freaked out. He was so happy that I, I knew the song. This motherfucker, this song. James yeah. Martin. James Martin, cool no, cat. No, Shout no, out to James Wait Martin. a minute. Stop the fucking bus. 
because I did a movie with this motherfucker. <laughs> oh right? shit! And <laughs> wait, was it? Were you in bitch. that Enchanted, that fucking musical no, thing no, he was no, in? No, I can no, tell you, you look a show tuny guy. You like, like a musical guy, part, man. You but do. the only thing I can sing is some seriously bad Pearl Jam karaoke. So I'm in this movie with him called The Box. Now it's his. Oh, The Box. Yeah. That movie was I just you remember, I forgot about that movie. No offense, but it was a fantastic no, fucking movie. It was I loved it. That movie was great. Controversial. It was it the was most like, hated like movie of two thousand nine. Satan in was EW. going around giving around boxes, or it was an alien. It was a guy who came and presented you a box, and if you push the button on the box, you got a million dollars. But someone somewhere died that you didn't know. Yeah. And you had twenty four hours to make a decision. The box came and was collected, and either that movie case. was fucking great. I loved it too, and Marsden was nothing but a gentleman, consummate oh, fucking professional. Amazing guy. You should have played slaps in him. I had, I'm glad I did. <laughs> so I have to arrest him in the movie. And after each take, I uncuff him. It's the first movie I've had. I was a little nervous. I was young. And he was just so cool. And after each take, I'm taking his cuffs off. And I just make a joke with him. I've had a really sordid past. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> sure, it's not your first time in handcuffs. Yeah. And he gives me this fucking doe-eyed, babe-in-the-woods look and just says, Actually, it is. <laughs> and there was this awkward pause between us, and I just looked at him and finally said, perhaps I've revealed too much about myself. <laughs> and he just kind of laughed and shook his head, dude. Now I find out he's Wayne Brady in a Chappelle sketch, and he's actually fucking smoking hash, getting shit-faced and yeah. hand-slapping yeah, all night. Yeah, hand-slapping, ass-slapping. He's not the fucking he's a, choir boy he's people think he is. He's not the choir boy. He looks like a Disney. He looks like the prince in fucking Little Mermaid. <laughs> He looks like the human version. That's why he was casted as that in that role. And was it? I forgot the name of that movie. It was like a uh, Enchanted, Enchanted, right? Enchanted? Yeah, and that was the. I, think I don't it was. know these things. I have sisters. I have sisters. Um, but yeah, you know, that's why he was cast, and he was perfectly cast. But he's a, he's a cool cat. He loves Patron. He's really quick with the hands. He smokes hashish and doesn't mind if you call him Cyclops. <laughs> It makes me love him even more. James Marsden, you were the fucking best and really helped me as a young actor feel comfortable on a major film set. But now that I know this about you, your stock has risen exponentially even from there. So tons of love and a shout out to James Marsden. Shout out to James. Hashtag uh, not your first time in hang handcuffs. Hashtag. Right. I know that motherfucker. Come on. He's been arrested. I don't know. That pretty face. He might that not have been. Eyed. He might not have been. He might have doe-eyed his way out of cuffs. Yeah. He could have been telling the truth. Who knows? Either way, I respect him. Yeah. Oh, you can suck your dick. That's the only way to get out of handcuffs. Sometimes you got to suck a dick. I don't know. George Carlin. Is, uh, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> Strike Back. Was that the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Folks, we've done it all. We've done dick sucking. We've done major actor references. We've tried <laughs> to stay calm and composed and anonymous and failed miserably at every turn. I think we have time for, for one more good one, man. Search, one more good one. Search. Search yeah, for I'm me. I'm searching the memory Tell banks. Me, I know. Hangovers are a motherfucker, man. Hangovers. Dude, I'm, I'm still I'm telling you, man. Dude, the room is spinning. Well, tell me about the worst hangover you've ever had. The worst hangover yeah. I've ever had. Uh, I think I'm not, well, here, I think anybody who's ever had really bad food poisoning could imagine what the worst hangover is. Basically, when you, you should have a bathroom with the, where the sink is within a head's distance from the toilet. Sorry, so just in case agreed. you need to throw up from both ends of your body, you're, you're well equipped and prepared to do so. Um, but the worst one I've had, I honestly, I, you know what's funny about alcoholism uh, is that when you drink enough and you have enough hangovers, eventually you stop having them. 
you know, I hang out and I drink and I hang out with my friends and, you know, my, my girlfriends or whatever it may be. And, I, and we drink and, and they wake up the next morning and go, oh, my God, I feel like shit. And I'm, with, I'm elbow to elbow side by side with a lot of my friends. And we're drinking. And I'm like, I'm great. Let's go. Let's go have brunch. Let's fucking, you know, I wake up and I have a beer or I have a Bloody Mary as we're having these Vic Special 8 uh, uh, vodka blasts that uh, Vic from the comic strip has made us. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, I, 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 again, I came here drunk, threw up, and I'm drinking a Bloody Mary. So hangovers are kind of in the back there and they're in the, the rear view for me at this point but i've had some pretty bad ones again if you have one be be uh, weary of a man with a bathroom and a sink right next to the toilet <laughs> i always found uh mcdonald's vanilla milkshakes really that would make me throw the fuck no up. man that sweet that like that, that coated it and it got Oof. me good i mean if you're if you're at a place where you can't handle that stomach wise yeah. And I think longevity-wise, you probably are at a place where yeah. that's a bad idea. Yeah. But for the young bucks out there just starting out, hangovers can be cured with a vanilla McDonald's milkshake. My jam is soup. Wow. Soup. Just soup. Wake up, order some fucking ramen. Soup is, I think, it's the best It's the best food invention ever. You must As, love L.A. then because they're a huge bone broth culture. Dude, for, real quick, I'm going to give a shout-out to Shallon and Weber up here in the Upper East Side. It's been around for over, about 100 years. What's it called? Shallon Weber. It's a butcher shop. Uh, Jeremy Schaller, a good friend of mine, is the owner, uh, and he's opening one downtown on the Lower East Side, um, and, and he also owns a place called the Stube, S-T-U-B-E. It's a really cool uh, hot dog spot right next to the, to the butcher shop, but they have an amazing bone broth. Um, they serve it by the cup, and, and I drink one a day. I'm, again, we keep mentioning throughout the podcast how tall we are. I'm 6'5". How tall are you? 6'4". You're 6'4", so I got an inch on you, yeah. both above and below. Uh, <laughs> but as a tall guy, you got to watch out for your bones. You know, they get brittle. Yeah. Oh, my God, there's blood in my mucus. I get bone broth. I drink about a cup of bone broth a day. It's really good for the joints. It's delicious, and I love it. But bone broth is definitely a great hangover cure. Yeah. It's just good for anything. But anything soupy, man, is good. It has everything you need. Everything you need. See, if, if I had a vanilla milkshake and then I got sick and threw up and I'm vomiting a white, <laughs> like a white liquid, it'd be like I feel like I'm, I'm a fucking replicant and and Blade Runner who's getting who's dying. You know, my blood is white. You know, it's just be bizarre. But soup is always good. Soup's the move. Soup's the, soup's the move. I'd also like to point out that our ever industrious and overly efficient producer Court Dunn typed very quietly in an iPhone note that Al Capone did in fact. Go to Alcatraz and have syphilis. I fucking told you. Didn't die. He didn't die. Didn't no. die. He died after. Well, syphilis, I'm sure, was a catalyst to his his, his death. But yes, I uh, see, amazing. I'm right. I got some fun facts hey, in me. We're doing a lot of shout outs this episode. Shout out to Court Dunn. Shout out to Court Dunn. All his hard work. That's it. My Everything man. that he does his as far as fingers. research goes. The man, the myth, the legend. And of course, a shout out to the man who never wants to be shouted out or associated <laughs> with this podcast in the least. The man think he's known only as H. H. Our second producer. A.K.A. Deep Throat. <laughs> we meet him in a parking lot. <laughs> he tells us what the show is going to be about. We smoke cigarettes. Oh, my God. We've done some wonderful things here today. I can't thank you enough for fighting through the drunkenness. No worries. Vomiting in the bathroom and coming in to do this. <laughs> Listen, I vomited in a bathroom where I'm pretty sure Jerry Seinfeld took a shit at and a bunch of other You've won. legends. Also, let's, let's just go on record here. Anybody from the comic strip listens to this. I hope they appreciate the love that we're showing them. Oh, this place but is legendary. in reality, we're probably never going to be. I like how back. you just talking about Jerry Seinfeld. Your voice got a little Jewy there. <laughs> is that what happened? I oh, got a little Jewy. Man. A little Jewy. Oh, I'm a clump. I don't know. Oh. But it, yeah, definitely a big shout out to the comic strip. This place is legendary. Oy vey. Well, I'm going to go and record something uh, in the way of a warning to our listeners for the beginning of this podcast episode. 
And again, thank you for coming in. No worries. Thanks for having me. Listeners, Real Tales from the Bar Side loves and appreciates you. Thank you for following. Subscribe to this podcast. And please follow us on Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. Instagram's the real deal, though, at Tales Bar Side. And Ton- check out Ethel's Alcohol and Food. Ethel's! You got to! 1629 2nd Avenue. 1629 2nd. Between what and what? Between 84th and 85th. If you want to get down, you got to come uptown. You dig? Fucking A, man. Take that Q train. You haven't been on it yet. Immaculate stations. <laughs> Honestly, I, I wonder who the first guy who pissed on the Q train. Like, that, that whole station, they had to be the first. And I'm pretty sure people were fighting for that honor. Yeah. Like, who's the no, first I know who it was. Honor? I actually have him coming in next week. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I think I know the same guy. The same guy who threw up a condom <laughs> in my bar. <laughs> I'll send him your way when I'm done with him. Be good, guys. Tons of love. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Real Tales from the Bar Side. Be sure to tip your bartenders and tip us by subscribing, liking, leaving us a review. That stuff helps like hell, and we really appreciate it. So thank you again. Hope you enjoyed yourself, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.